the QMC Board and Collar Series for EMS Professionals welcomes you to Excuse My Medic, the podcast version of an MCI with Gary Harvat, Chuck Humphrey, and Ed Marasco. Excuse My Medic takes a unique look at today's emergency medical service with news and information, opinionated discussions, lively talk, sporadic jabs, and even a few belly laughs from our world of emergency medical services. Excuse My Medic is brought to you by Quick Med Claims, a national leader in emergency medical service revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, hang on to the bench seat and tighten your lap belt as these old guys from EMS Past take you on a Code 3 ride without touching the brakes. You've had the disclaimer, and if you're still brave enough to stick it out, let's get started. Take it away, guys. Well, good day, everyone. My name is Gary Harvat, and welcome to the holiday edition of Excuse My Medic, or as what we've come to know it as, EM2, EM2. And joining me today are, of course, the normal cast of characters, my two great colleagues from QMC, uh, Ed Marasco, as well as Chuck Humphrey. Now, I must put out a little disclaimer about two out of the three of us. Uh, Both (laughs) myself and Chuck have retired, but for some strange reason, uh, QMC asked us to continue to do these things. I am not sure why. I guess they just had a weak moment and thought, we'll keep these guys on in this capacity. And of course, Ed uh, still remains the vice president of business development, and uh, he is actually the foundation of our program. Otherwise, Chuck and I would just run wild and the whole place would go crazy here. But so, Ed brings a lot of stability to uh, our little show here, and uh, so I'd like to welcome both Ed and Chuck. Thanks, guys, for coming along once again on this crazy ride that we've come to do for the last few years. Ed? Yeah, it's good to be here, and I'm the bitter one, by the way, for the, for the listening audience. I'm the one who's bitter right now. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, uh, your day should be coming soon, isn't it? Like, what are we talking here? Have we, have we... I am on the home stretch, man. I am on the home stretch. Good for you. Have you talked to the wife about this, and she's uh, letting you get down that path? Is that is that it? Absolutely, yes. Wow. I, in fact, I had to talk to the wife to get permission so that she can still work so I can be on her health benefits. <laughs> <so I turn. laughs> yeah, we all we all know about those. We all know about those. Chuck and I have actually kind of enjoyed this. I will tell you, having retired in August, that um, like for the first month or so, I don't know if you had this problem too, Chuck. For the first month or so, I was uh, it was just a strange, strange type of situation like i would uh first off i'd go out and take a walk there's a park near near my home that has two lakes uh called twin lakes and i'd be walking around there and i'd be going like nine o'clock in the morning ten o'clock in the morning what am i doing here like (laughs) i i I should i should be at work i'm walking around a lake what am i doing um and i had a lot of kind of getting in the groove but um i had a revelation the other day and people told me this would happen they would people told me I would forget what day it was, and that happened for the first time just last week. <laughs> uh, I thought it was Tuesday, and it was Thursday or Wednesday, or so I don't remember what it was. But it's it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting world. But um, still getting to to kind of exercise my brain a little bit with doing these things, and um, it's it's been fun. But also getting to spend more time uh, seeing my um, three grandkids as well as spending time with the family, and of course. Uh, this is a busy time of year around our house. How about yours, Chuck? 
Well, we, you, you can't see because my background, uh, I know this is audio forever, our listeners, but we see each other. So behind me is a plethora of gifts, which my wife has bought for her staff and made up of these charcuterie basket things. I don't know. All I know is we raided Aldi and we bought every bougie cracker and cheese thing that we could find. <laughs> And they're all beautifully arranged here with little sprigs of something or other. Uh, it's it's quite a factory. Uh, so yes, Christmas is a uh, there there is uh, there was a weekend baking, preparing the dough session. Now the cookies aren't baked yet, but we we got the dough ready, and uh, so we we are full speed ahead here with uh, with Christmas. That is for sure. And uh, Chuck, does that mean you're going to be operating the shrimp shrink wrap machine tonight? Yes, well, yes, yes. Uh, there's there's an element of that going on. Yeah, that that will happen for sure. Uh, she found out last night that one of her sons is, and I will I will say it just as we did on a Zoom because he's out of state. We are getting the kids a p u p p y for Christmas is what they announced oh. to us. So oh, I can tell no. you that they're going to be. Three little ones, very excited on Christmas morning because there is a new member of the family. So, <laughs> oh, wow. and what are the ages yeah. of the kids, Chuck? Well, the oldest is uh, five and a half. Oh uh, boy, the middle one's three, and the little one is two. So, well, my... there's going to be a lot of squealing about that. Going yes, on. <laughs> my heart goes out to the P U P P Y. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was a big announcement last night, which was very yep. exciting. Somewhere out there is this P U P P Y, and he has no clue what he's getting into come he Christmas no morning. Clue. That's no, no, no. Pretty fun. Well, that cracks me up because you know I'm the I'm the designated rapper in our in our family. So I, I the workshop has been set up downstairs for about two weeks, and I've been rapping. But this morning at breakfast, I said to my wife, "Hey." We're short some presents. And she said, I can't believe it. I've looked at what those grandkids got. I, I said, no, we don't have presents for the G-R-A-N-D-B-O-G-S. <laughs> and I need to get them so I can wrap them. So off she went this morning to the uh, you know place, which yep. I can't yep. also do in case you're, right. you're, you're there listening. You know? Yes, yes we all get right. it. That's for sure. Well, that's that's funny. Uh, we're uh, we're ready at our house. Uh, I think uh, we've got three trees up. I was happy with the one, but no, we needed three. Uh, so we're uh, we're rocking and rolling here. Two would have been okay, tolerable. No, we got three. Um, so we've got we've got lights and garland and and ready to go. And nobody's coming here. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's coming here we're we're leaving to go visit uh grandkids on christmas day we had thanksgiving here as you guys well know and uh nobody's coming here but we're decorated oh. so oh. you know we'll leave all the lights on and it'll be pretty and <laughs> well now my revelation this year was i have programmed the christmas lights using alexa oh. so i can now walk in the room and say alexa turn on and designate the room, and the lights just pop. It's one of my it's one of my retirement things. I, I've wow. I've I've gotten into this whole remote plug stuff. It's very exciting. Interesting. That's 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 great. Well, of course, uh, we're all it's all busy time of year, and uh, 
of course, you know, we've done this program um, throughout the year, but also we try to make sure we do one for the holidays. Uh, there's a bunch of things happening in our industry, which we're surely going to talk about um, today. Um, but also it's a time for us to, to thank those folks who are going to work through the holidays. It's just another day, sad as that may be, but uh, it's what they signed on for, but doesn't make it any less painful for them. And um, we appreciate all they do. But uh, before we get to all of that and the, uh, the holiday uh, wishes, um, I know there's some things going on in the industry. Chuck, uh, you wanted to mention some information about the AIF. I know that's uh, looming out there and there's some things happening. And I know uh, Ed has a couple things to mention too, but I'll let you go first, Chuck, if you want to kind of touch on what's happening there and then uh, we'll keep yeah, moving from that point. Yeah, there's some fairly good things. I mean, it's always good news when we know we're going to get more money. Absolutely. So uh, the ambulance inflation factor is positive again this year. So it's a couple-year run. It's not as large as it was last year. Of course, it's tied to inflation kind of in an indirect way. So last year, you know, inflation was soaring, which also meant that everybody's costs were going up. So um, this year it's it's muted a little bit, but it is 2.6%. So that's what the Medicare bump will be. Of course, for some of you, it may be a little less than that, maybe a little more than that, depending on how they change the um, the geographic cost practice factors. But in any event, somewhere around two and a half to two point six percent more Medicare dollars, which is good. Also, uh, Congress extended the add-on payments um, another year, so that will run through the end of 2024. Of course, you know, remind everybody that's. Uh, a fix that's been in place for about 20 years, uh, 2% extra urban, 3% extra if you transport from a rural. It's all based on where you begin your transports. So if your transport begins in an urban setting but determined by zip code, it's 2%, 3% in rural. And then there are just um, a few, very few uh, areas that are very, very rural, which are designated super rural. And that's a 22.6% bump. So that's good news. Um, the feeling is is that they'll extend this another year because they're waiting on the cost data collection results to come in and review those. And then hopefully after that, there'll be a decision. It seems like every year we talk about this, and we do, because they kind of go year to year, um, and we all hold our collective breaths. But they did at least extend it this year before you know waiting to the new year, and then you got to backtrack. So that's good. Everybody can plan on that. Um, in Pennsylvania here, um, new legislation uh, that's going to be rolled into the budget that we, uh, in Medicaid, where we are, uh, they some this crazy first 20 miles doesn't get paid uh, on your mileage. Um, that's going to be stricken. It's passed in our legislature. The government signed, or the governor signed the legislation into law, but they haven't enacted it yet into budgetary, but we anticipate that will happen. So that means basically anybody that does some long distance type of transport which there's a lot of in pennsylvania sure. unless you're in the cities um so you get that extra 20 miles of reimbursement on your medicaid uh so those are good things yep. um never understood know, that 20 mile never understood that 20 mile thing. i never did either it, it just was some well it's i'll tell you what it was it used to be we got paid for full round trip miles minus 20 but then the feds found out that was happening and they said no nope, you can't do that it can only be for for your loaded miles which is right. when the uh, patients right. in the ambulance exactly and but then when pennsylvania complied <laughs> they didn't take the extra 20 away so that that was a hit but 
we're we're anticipating that um, that's coming down the pike. And there are several states um, that are working on uh, balance billing, surprise billing. I still hate that term. Um, legislation. Uh, I know in New Hampshire, there's there's a committee right now. They're, they're looking at even a state fee schedule where they will dictate kind of like Connecticut has uh, in New Mexico, where they actually tell you what you can charge. And then the the back end of that is, well, if we set a fee schedule, then you won't be able to balance bill. A um, lot of dust up going on in the New Hampshire Association of Fire Chiefs done a real good job in trying to get uh, that together. There's been a committee up there that's been studying it. What, you know, because the ramifications are if if um, services, which is largely fire-based up there, if they can't balance bill, then the, the tax load's going to increase because you got to make up for those dollars somewhere. Right. You know, that's the fallacy of it all. And I know, Ed, that kind of will spearhead what you're going to talk about a little bit about what's been going on with the Patient Billing Advisory Committee nationwide. Um, but um, a lot of stuff churning, and a yeah. lot of it is because, let's face it, guys, you know, we're in a world of hurt where yeah. dollars and cents are concerned as an industry. And certainly that's what Quickman Claims has always been trying to mitigate for our clients is, you know, try to minimize that hit. But as costs soar, uh, especially the inflation uh, kicks in the last few years, um, the reimbursement hasn't kept up and it's just put a lot of places in a world of hurt. But the good news is there are going to be some new dollars flowing. And now that's my part, Nana. I'm sure you have some information about what's going on with the advisory committee. Yeah. And I, I want to just take a step back, um, you know, before the advisory committee, which, you know, the, the final recommendations um, are, are out now, but I um, just want to talk a little bit about the VA issue, which was, you know, sort of has been a, a risk for us for the last six or eight months. Mm -hmm. And I know our listeners, we did a podcast, uh, a few weeks back where our listeners uh, talked, we got to talk to listeners in a little more detail about the fact that, you know, the VA had proposed going from essentially a, a charge-based system to going right to the Medicare fee schedule. And um, it was, the impact was going to be pretty substantial for um, our client base around the country. And, and some folks, both our clients and not, who have a higher concentration of um, uh, veterans living in their service. And of course, Pennsylvania is one of the top places where active duty and retired uh, military folks tend to reside. So it a, it's a big, expected to be a big hit for the folks here, EMS providers here in Pennsylvania. But right. uh, we were able to, through a lot of work um, across the country and a lot of different professional associations, sort of working hand in hand, get the VA to agree to put a moratorium on making that change until there could be more discussion and uh, there's a couple things that, that made it particularly challenging. I think the VA believed that they were going to uh, be able to get a lot of in-network contracting done. So the, the way the regulation sort of rolled out is, you know, leaving the charge-based sort of paying 80 or 90 percent of charges, which is the way it has been historically, and going to uh, an in-network contract rate, expanding the amount of contracting that's going on, and that being the primary rate. However, in lieu of that, if there wasn't a contract in place, then reimbursement would default to the Medicare fee schedule, which is, of, of all three of those things, likely to be the lowest level of reimbursement for EMS providers. So uh, we were successful, the industry was successful in getting um, that implementation delayed for at least a year. 
There are several pieces of legislation that would um, extend it further and um, promote sort of more discussion and dialogue uh, around coming up with a system that, that would be reasonable for both emergency and non-emergency transportation. And as Chuck pointed out, uh, you know, we, we're all waiting for the data from the industry to get completed, the last data, bit of the data to be collected over the next couple of years, and then it to be collated and compiled and to really understand where we are from a cost standpoint and how it matches up to reimbursement. We all know it anecdotally because we live in the system and we live in the world where we try and pay people and buy new equipment and that sort of thing. Um, we know it's not adequate, but until the documentation comes through to really sort of put it on paper in a way that the bean counters can acknowledge it, um, we, we can't get relief. And so I, we're hopeful that um, the VA moratorium will stay there until we get the data that we need to be able to come up with a reasonable level of reimbursement. Yep. I think that's what the industry wants. And, and Congress seems to be on board with that. And so it's now making sure that the administration and the, and the VA department leadership um, are on board with that as well. Ed, in, um, can you update us? Uh, I, and I probably haven't had my ear close to the ground like I should with this, but what's the latest on the NSA? Like, I've not. Oh, God. Like, where are you we with this mess? <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for asking, Gary. And that's a, it's a great point. So, um, you know, there, there have been several lawsuits um, filed across the healthcare industry, not just related to transport but relative to the NSA. And those things have been making their way through various courts around the country. And there were two significant cases from Texas that were uh, completed, that were adjudicated here in the last six months. And so both of those resulted in changes. But in order to make those changes, the tri-agencies actually shut down the independent dispute resolution portal for a number of months. Uh, and in fact, it opened back up for all providers, you know, hospitals, physicians, et cetera, except for air ambulance providers. It opened up months ago. So we've been sitting pretty near on six months without being able to, to submit claims, new claims into the IDR portal. And then a lot of the uh, uh, claims that were already in the portal are still on hold, haven't been, that were, that were submitted just as this was unfolding. And so we just got some good news last Friday uh, that the portal was now back open for air ambulance claims. Um, and just to give you an idea of the order of magnitude, uh, you know, we are one organization, we represent a number of clients, probably around 50,000 air medical claims a year. Our team now has 20 business days. And I think the deadline is the middle, it's, it's the early to middle part of January. And so you think about it over the holidays, we've got to get 600, let me repeat that number, 600 IDRs requested and through the portal over the next 20 business days. So it's it's an incredible challenge. It's a heavy lift. Our team has been working um, just about uh, around the clock since last Friday to get this uh, stuff together. And we've got to work with our client partners to get it out. So huge backlog. Um, and of course, you guys know this from the conversations we've had last year, the IDR process is already behind because you know the tri-agencies had no idea the number of claims they were going to get through the portal. And that number's escalated well beyond their imagination. Um, and so we're already pretty far behind. And then you add to that the fact that for even a bunch of those claims, you know, our 
clients are still waiting for money that sure uh, that they're due since early last year, early 2023. So uh, I'm, I'm I probably know the answer to this, but if you will, please indulge me. So from the client standpoint, from the provider standpoint, are they are they functioning okay or are they really just feeling this pinch beyond belief or like what are you hearing from the folks that are truly in the trenches uh, experiencing this and having their money tied up for such an extended period of time? Like what are they saying? Are they, you know, just struggling in every respect or are they doing okay? Um, like what's, what's the consensus? Yeah. I mean, agencies are struggling and, uh, you know, there've been base closures, uh, there've been program closures since this thing started. And I suspect there will be more, um, you know, now I'd like to think that a lot of the hospital based providers are doing okay because they have big hospitals and health systems behind them. And, and while it's created a cash flow crunch, they probably have, uh, some additional resources available to them. But I, I think of a, a lot of the smaller uh, freestanding operations that that aren't necessarily funded and subsidized by a big hospital system uh, or one of the national providers that have maybe the opportunity to shift some things around. Um, it, it's a real challenge. It, it's an incredible challenge. And, um, you know, I don't know how these folks that are sitting there freestanding are going to be able to weather that Media. storm. Yep. And my fear is, and you you guys, we, we've lived this right through the course of our career. The problem is the short-term impact, even if you can mitigate the short-term impact, it creates longer-term problems. So you've got, you're not replacing your ambulances. You're not replacing your equipment. You're losing good people because you can't afford to pay them. You know, you can't afford to give them incentive compensation or, or annual raises and those sorts of things. So I, my fear is the impact of the NSA economically is going to be felt for decades, mm-hmm. not just what yep. we're feeling today. Agree. So I'll ask um, the $50,000 question. I know some states have already enacted this and are working on it, but from a, a national level, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but like, do you see this happening with the ground anytime soon? What's uh, your crystal ball say? Merry Christmas. And yes, it's coming. And so I can't say it any plainer than that. I don't know what form it will take. Uh, You know, there are certainly going to be challenges to implementation for the ground ambulance industry just because of the sheer volume of claims uh, and the different types of claims. But uh, I think it's going to be a part, as it is for some states already, um, I think it will continue to be a part of how we live in the ambulance world. I mean, when we have a backlog, I agree. When we have a backlog of, when you compare the ground, the air medical um, responses to the ground responses, and we have a backup already, what could it even, how could they even manage that from the ground side? I, I, I know that's a question. Nobody seems to know the answer, but um it's so bothersome. It's just incredibly bothersome to me. I, I recognize the reasons for do it. I understand both sides. But at the end of the day, like, are we really shooting ourselves in the foot? And uh, in my mind, the answer is yes. I mean, and I say that because I got, I got a better chance of being in one of those helicopters than probably a lot of, a lot of other people those, these days. And um, 
you know, God, God willing, that doesn't happen, but I hope there's one there if the need arises, be it for me, my family, friends, whoever, but, um, it, it, it worries me, you know, and, uh, I don't stay awake at night about it, but it worries me. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think, you know, it's piling on, you know, we're adding this challenge to, you know, what we lived through, um, with COVID for the last couple of years and its impact on the frontline providers and how they operate and, um, aging equipment, you know, staffing challenges with getting good people to continue to come into the industry and want to, want to do it. We just finished up the semester at the University of Pittsburgh, um, you know, this fall, uh, the emergency medicine program students. And I got to tell you, I, my students this year were, were spectacular, stellar group. Uh, I mean, just tremendous level of commitment to the industry and, and inquisitiveness and um, the best and the brightest. I was very impressed. But, you know, the numbers, there's not enough of them coming into the profession. And these are people that are destined to be leaders in our, yeah. in our industry as we move forward. And, you know, we're not graduating well, enough. Of and them, the so. sad part is they're going to come in and in a few years are going to realize they can make more money by moving on up in the health system and we're going to lose them. You know, yep. that they're, they're just not the day of folks like the three of us that have spent decades in the doing something, whether it be field work or administrative work or both, are 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 gone because the, the people they're not able to afford to stay yeah. around have any you know? of you heard about what the attrition rate is i used to know that number but you know for somebody coming in brand new how long are they staying is it, it i think it was something like three years but i could be wrong i, I don't know if that's well, last last that i heard in pennsylvania and again that's because that's our home state was we're turning a third of the workforce over every year wow. so every three years we have a brand new workforce oh yeah that, that's unthinkable to me, but I, I you can't you can't blame these kids, and I say kids because they are all younger yep, than us. Absolutely, um, you know if they can move on up and you know get their nursing or their PA, um, you know actually uh, some of the hospital systems are promoting EMS that way. Yep, this mm -hmm. is your window to get in, and then you can go into nursing or you know um, because uh, some of these kids aren't going to college right away, and so they're using associate's degree and paramedic programs to to move into the healthcare system which is a great idea but that means that we're not going to keep them and, and yep. that's too bad yeah you, know, you know i just want to remind everybody i say this all the time but it's an election year it's a big election year you don't have to turn on your news to know that our presidential election which is going to be one of the hottest contested messes that has been in some time that's um, the operative word I'm, chuck yeah, it's a matter. <laughs> yeah. It's it's time to get on the letter writing phone, take a meeting, whatever you can do with your legislators, state and federal, and make them aware of this. They're just not aware. When I know when I talked to um, a legislator not too long ago here, state legislator, he, he was like a deer in headlights. He just had no idea, you know. Um, you just make them aware because y your voice does count when it comes to votes. Yeah. And um, I don't know what's the fix. And, and, you're and I right. hate to always be doom and gloom. I, I, no. It feels like every time we get together, we're talking. And I, I'd love to say that, you know, and that's why I, I started today with, hey, we're going to get more money. But it's not enough money. No. That's the thing. I mean, everybody's know? costs going up. It costs more to pay the light bill. It costs more to put in, you know, insure the vehicles and the equipment. Uh, well, I, you know, and, and I'm going to use a, a world event, but God forbid 
that in you know well, look what happened in Israel, and I won't even go into that, but you everyone knows what ha happens if we have a similar type of mass casualty event in a locale or locales here. Um, I fain to say we don't have resources that we're ready. We barely can run the daily calls, let alone have some catastrophic event happen. And how are we going to respond to that? And that's that's yep. that's the concern. That no, I it's have, a concern. Right? I, I, and you I can really say, do. hey, you guys are billers and you benefit from all this and you want more money. Sure, we do. We want more money for our clients because we hear them uh, singing the blues every time that somebody talks to them about how they they can't afford you know to give raises and they can't afford christmas gifts yeah. you know like it, it, you know that stuff is just it, it's sad um because especially with what they do because being in the field today is not like when it was in the field when i started in 1986 that's for sure no not you know? at all and and you're right you guys are both right because we, people need to pick up the phones and i'm going to not get up on the soapbox so they know we weren't going to stop this but a little story about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I went with one of our clients to actually the state representative's office was coming to the client's um, base base uh, to talk about reimbursement. And before the meeting even got started, he said, and I almost fell backward in my chair, I have really no clue what you guys are upset about. You charge a thousand, thirteen, fifteen hundred dollars for an ambulance call when the hospital is across the street, and you can't make ends meet. That's not a state problem or a federal problem. And and somebody had to say, "Whoa, stop the presses!" Yeah, we can bill all day long that thousand and thirteen and fifteen hundred dollars. But if they're Medicare or Medic straight Medicaid, straight Medicare or Medicaid, and then it's almost like there was this revelation, the light bulb came on, and if that's one guy who feels that way, you can bet there's others. You can bet there's others, and it's it's exactly right, Ed. It's the rule and not the exception, and that's why we're in the state we're in because we don't pick up the phone enough. Enough said well, on I, this. I, Enough said, but I. I've I'm never on my soapbox. <laughs> I've never understood why EMS in most places, and now it's starting to happen, but isn't considered a, 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 an essential service. Essential service. Police and fire is EMS, standalone EMS isn't. And, and, uh, and the air medical, you know, you can say, well, okay, helicopters and private equity, but you know, they're needed. In, 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 you know, in some of these rural states, that's your primary primary response. Chuck, we yeah. had a client. You know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention the name. We had a client that has gone out of business. He was transporting from Colorado to Utah, yeah, Utah. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was just across the like hour and a half, two-hour trip. Yeah. That was yeah. normal. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know. And that was the closest place that could Exactly right, Ed. It exactly was. Right. Right. So, yeah. and they couldn't make ends meet. And you, we all know the story. They're gone. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. Well, and you take my community here. We lost our community hospital, and now the closest hospital is is at least uh, 15, 12, 15 miles away. That's a community. Level one trauma is twenty six to thirty miles away. So now you're you know now you're talking about first line EMS being dragged out of town. Yeah, that's right. a two minute turnaround. Or you know, listen, two minute, two hour turnaround. What used to be. When I first started running, because we took everything to the community hospital, 
if we were tied up 45 minutes to an hour, we considered that long Correct. from start to finish. Yep. Now you can be two, three hours because yep. then once you get to the ER, you're not offloading right away and you got to turn it back around, get back to your community so you're ready for yep. next response. And, uh, and there aren't enough providers to have multiple trucks. Yeah. On, so. And here in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, we would get upset when we'd have to go down the, the parkway in Pittsburgh, 22, <laughs> 20 minutes, 22 minutes. That was like, yep. oh, that was the trip from hell. You know, just yep. took us forever. We had to, the, like, people would give their ITs for that. Yep. But, you know, we yep. there's there's a lot of rural America out there who yep. who uh, has this problem, and we're not addressing it. Oh, I don't know. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for that update on that key information. I know we kind of uh, digressed on these other things, but I, I appreciate your input, and I hope our listeners do as, as well. Uh, I'm trying to find a, uh, a something uplifting, a great segue from that, but I'm 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 searching real hard, but I'm struggling. But Chuck, did you uh, did you happen to come up with a, a word the word of the day? I did. All yes. right. Well, let me just make sure because our listeners understand. So this is kind of a little fun thing we do. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if you enjoy it or not. But bottom line is. Uh, one of us come up with some crazy funk and wagnalls word, uh, and uh, we try to uh, use it on the other, give the other person the word, and we try to use it in a sentence related to EMS, and we just make total fools of ourselves. So that's what this little segment is about. Uh, so, Chuck, uh, you have the word. You can decide if you want to give it to me well, or I'll give Ed. it to both of you. Oh. I'll give it to both of you. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. That's it. That's the Christmas spirit, Chuck. Way to, way to, way to, to, uh, to cover all your bases there. Yeah. So, so um, being that this is the Christmas season, everybody's going out to eat. Uh, let's say that local EMS was dispatched to a restaurant where a male patient was suffering from. Are you ready? Two words put together: a sphenopalatine ganglioneuralgia. You're supposed to use, like, this doesn't have to be a medical term. You're supposed to use just, like, a, a, a word you pull out of the book. That is yeah, a word. something generic. And we're supposed to use it in a sentence. Yeah, exactly. the sentence. It's like, see, we're out of practice. What'd you call up? Well, some, I, the I neurosurgeon? Get, I make is, it easier on you. So I didn't make you use it in a sentence. you got to tell me what it, what the condition is. All right, spell that. No, S-P-H-E-N-O-P-A-L-A-T-I-N-E. G-A-N-G-L-I-O-N-E-U-R-A-L-G-I-A. Spenopalatine ganglioneuralgia. All right. Uh, You're going to laugh when you find out. It's probably something really, really simple, but... Um, yeah. it's, I say it's indigestion. I say it's like <laughs> some problem with the bottom of your foot that you need to go to like that good feet store and get arches made and and then you have this revelation that you're you can walk now. It, it was so, it's something with your foot. Well, you're both wrong. Shock, shocker, Chuck. Shocker. Yeah. You give us a, a so being that he was at a restaurant and had just finished his dessert of ice cream. <laughs> Phenopalatine ganglioneuralgia is brain freeze, freeze with an accompanying headache from eating ice cream. Oh, there's actually a term for that. There is a term for that, believe it or not. I'm just going to go with brain freeze. If I'm I'm charting that patient, I'm using brain freeze. I'll bet there's a ICD-10 code for that, too, if we look yeah, up. Exactly. <laughs> You're probably right there. Probably is. Oh, my goodness. Well, that- And there's probably a designator for left and right brain. But <laughs> yeah. 
I thought that was great. I really did. Well, you you, you shocked us or you stumped us, Chuck. Uh, what a shocker <laughs> that was! After uh, I think that it, thing. It you... reminds me. It reminds me of I so many years ago while I was still a volunteer EMS, uh, working a job at a local newspaper where I came out of college. I one day had a cold and had a, a nasty nosebleed, and I was the only one in the office. I opened that morning, and my routine was to take phone calls from people who didn't get their newspaper, and then I would dispatch a crew out to deliver their newspaper. So I started with the nosebleed, and I, guys, I couldn't get it stopped. Oh. So I ended up having to call. I mean, I'm bleeding all over the place. Oh, my goodness. So I ended up calling 911, and my buddies came and took me to the local hospital. Now, the ER doc on call that day was a, um, a, a gentleman who I developed a great relationship with. He was a, he was a, a good guy. And so I go rolling in on the stretcher and in comes, and I won't mention his name because if anybody's listening locally, you know him, but, and he is, he is, he's a, he's a gentleman who is not an American native. So he has a very broken English <laughs> and he looks at me, he goes, chalk, chalk. <laughs> it's epistaxis. You know what to do. What are you doing here? He said. <laughs> but just the fact that he, he didn't say it's a nosebleed. He said to me, it's epistaxis. You know, uh, just reminded me of that. I don't know why that flashed in my head. But uh, it was, and I started laughing. And I'm like, Doc, like, I thought I was going to pass out. Like, I was scared. He goes, yes, I know. I see that. He goes, we'll get this stuck. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, different. Hey, listen, uh, it's different when it's your own block. Exactly sure right. Is. Exactly you right. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, too much. But well, thanks, Chuck. You you got us good. I hope you feel good about yourself with after giving us that twenty three letter word or words. look. I'm retired. That's the highlight of my that, day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that that Christmas gift. And along those lines, it is the holiday season and. Uh, um, I think it's one of those times a year that we, uh, we again, thank those folks who are out in the, the field. And we also recognize it's, it's a very tough time for some people, both uh, uh, for those folks who are um, outside our EMS world, but um, also for those folks who are within our EMS community. And I know, um, I guess I'll just defer to Ed on this, but uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about uh, the subject matter. So, Ed? Yeah, and you guys know more than anybody sure. um, that, you know, it's a tough, tough time of the year um, for a lot of folks, the patients that we serve, but the providers out there as well. And so, you know, we just wanted to remind everybody, be vigilant, take care of yourself, be healthy. Um, mental health issues and challenges in our profession is something that we don't talk enough about. No, we don't. Um, take some time for yourself. Make sure that you um, are getting exercise, you're eating well. I know it's hard this time of the year. Listen, the cookies are piling up out there. You know, it's awful hard, but um, take care of yourself. Keep an eye on your colleagues. Um, and just a reminder, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is available if you really do feel like you need it. It's 988 and help will be there at the other end of the line. So please, please be diligent. Keep an eye on your partners and, uh, and take care of yourself. Yeah. Good, good, good point, Ed. It's, uh, it's, uh, we tend to think about all the joy and fun the holidays bring, but 
uh, for some people it's really a struggle and this is a career where we tend to just keep things in and uh, not talk about them because we're big rough and tough uh, young men and, and, and ladies and we don't do these things but um, I don't think uh, I think I know I'm sitting here now and I can tell you that uh, I didn't have to look too far to know clients and services that are in our really our area that have been affected by this and uh, uh, it's sad and it shouldn't happen and we just as Ed said we all need to be uh, very vigilant about this very vigilant for sure so in today's environment there's no stigma about asking for help not at all yep um, and and do it talk to someone you know yeah there's that's you're not a lesser of a person if you if you choose right. to do that you're you're actually a better person because you've realized that you do need the help and uh, there's a lot of great professional help out there and so feel free to seek it out um, and my goodness you're a contributing member of society we want to keep you that way so um, it's so important to us being old-timers in EMS um, to see these things happen, uh, it's it's something that we hope uh, we can prevent. If we, by stating this today, if we hope help one person, then it was surely uh, worth our time to mention it today. So, well, listen, we've come to the end of our segment here. We've had a little bit of fun. We've been informed, and it's been a good good to be with both you guys. I, I always enjoy these things. Uh, they're always a lot of fun. Um, for some strange reason, or our listeners enjoy this as well too um so it's it's great to be with you uh chuck uh, i wish you and your brenda and your extended family all the best holidays ed to you and joyce and the the all your kids and grandkids um i i wish you guys nothing but the best i hope you have a wonderful wonderful holiday um and uh and please enjoy your time and uh, reflect back and think of how blessed each of you are, and because uh, yeah, and I'm to blessed you as to have... well. This is your first year that you're unencumbered by any kind of work. Um, yes, yeah, foundation, So, yeah. but I'm on a fixed income, Chuck. I'm on a fixed yes. income. <laughs> I'm sure that we'll be dancing on the bar at Rodney's come Friday night. That's right. That's yeah, right. that's for sure. Well, I've got. I think if you guys remember from previous years, I'm not ready to go into the holidays yet because. Friday is uh, my wife's birthday, so uh, we got to get we got to get a little pressure. We got a little pressure on the twenty second, so um, hopefully make sure they they spell her name correctly, Giant Eagle. Yes, yes, exactly. Yep that one that one year I went and told them to put Happy Birthday Birthday Terry on it, and they put Happy Happy Birthday Perry. Uh, So that didn't (laughs) that didn't put me in any good shape, and of course the cake cake decorator had gone home at that point, so. uh, it wasn't a good start to the holidays that I couldn't get the the uh, cake cake uh, monogrammed properly. So anyway, it's all good. Well, listen. Happy to, birthday to Terry. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, yeah. Chuck. Thank you both very much. Listen, you guys have a great holiday, and to our listeners, thank you again. Uh, it's always good to be with you. We hope to see you throughout uh, 2024 as well too. Um, don't be afraid to check out our other podcasts. You can find us really on any podcast channel, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. We're out there on all of them. Just search under QMC EMS Board and Caller. We've got about 190 different episodes out there, uh, and uh, they're very informative uh, in addition to multiple episodes of Excuse My Medic. So um, thank you guys for taking this in. We hope you found it uh 
and lightning today and uh, with that I will simply end by telling each of you and stating to each of you hey be safe, be out. safe, be safe out, out there, there. Yeah, it was pretty good, guys. We got through it, okay? Very good. <laughs> we, can, we can never get that in unison. Can we?